When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday to all who celebrate. And happy NBA trade deadline day. Thank you to the Wolves for getting out in front of it yesterday. We're going to talk about the Monte Morris trade here with our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from the Five Eyewitness News Sports Department. It's been a great week for Doogie. He nails the Carlos Santana scoop before all of the uh, big national baseball, you know, heavy hitting insiders. And you've been floating Monte Morris's name for several months on this show as a uh, Maybe even the number one guy to watch five years under Tim Connolly in Denver and the Wolves acquire him yesterday. So welcome to the show, Doogie. Well, I appreciate that, Phil. Do I get a raise? Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday, no. by the way. Sorry. No, Is there I'm any not. sort of no, reward? No. All right. Yeah. If he, if the Wolves, if the Wolves get to the Western Conference Finals and Monte Morris is averaging, we could put some like performance incentive clauses <laughs> if monte morris averages you know 12 points a game wolves get to the western conference finals then we can talk <laughs> all right so just western conference finals we're not talking finals i might have a I fighting think western chance. conference finals would be a would be a great win for the timberwolves although how about oklahoma city this morning completing a trade for yeah. gordon, hayward. gordon hayward now it didn't seem yeah. like charlotte would buy him out because he would sacrifice his bird rights so like, I floated his name a couple weeks ago and thinking about the buyout market, how the Wolves are in an advantageous position to acquire somebody via the buyout market. But it just it never seemed likely. Yes, of course, the Wolves had all sorts of interest in Gordon Hayward, but it seemed like it was either going to be a trade or he just stayed in Charlotte. But that's a good move for Oklahoma City. So we'll continue yeah. to wait and see what takes place. You know, or doesn't take place, you know, for the Wolves' sake. Doug McDermott was the other name I floated a couple weeks ago. That would be a name I would keep an eye on. Do you think that, that there is a good chance that the Wolves make an, another trade before the day is complete, Dukes? Or do you think now that they probably are going to turn their attention to add that 14 spot as part of the buyout market? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out, Judd, but I think it's more the latter, not the former that they have enough room under the luxury tax to add a vet, somebody like a Doug McDermott or someone else. Never have seen Kyle Lowry here. Now with Monty Morris, doesn't make sense. I think Kyle Lowry, when Charlotte buys him out, I think he ends up back in his hometown of Philadelphia, maybe somewhere else, but my money would be on, on the Sixers. But let's just see, like Detroit. You know, Detroit's making all these moves, not only the Morris trade. By the way, Morris not playing tonight. In Milwaukee, still in the process of traveling. Heck, the Wolves haven't officially announced the trade. 
because Detroit is doing all this stuff. Detroit needs to create multiple roster spots. So, like, does Detroit buy out Joe Harris? Would Joe Harris do anything for you as a ninth slash tenth slash eleventh man? Somebody that could maybe fill. If you thought Troy Brown Jr. could have helped you the rest of the way, would Joe Harris be a name that interests maybe. you? Like, I Doug don't McDermott. see Royce O'Neal being bought man. out. Yeah, McDermott, like, he would be target number one, right? But is it possible the Spurs find a trade partner or don't buy him out that he's enough of a veteran presence? Although I would think they'd want to do him that favor. Although he went on the record with the San Antonio Express News earlier this week saying, hey, I love it here. I'd like to be a San Antonio Spur the rest of my career. So I just wonder, like, does he ultimately hit the buyout market? I'm telling you, if he does, the Wolves are going to be all over him. Doesn't mean he'll pick the Wolves. Multiple teams will be all over him, but that guy is absolutely on the Wolves' radar. So let's, okay, let's, because anything can happen here in the next few hours and make everything we're talking about outdated. So let's talk about the thing that did happen, which is Monte Morris and how this fits. So uh, if you haven't followed him the last couple of years, you're excused because he's played for two garbage franchises. But before Wizards and Pistons, five years as a key rotation player, a second-round pick, Denver, so Tim Connolly obviously knows him very well. He checks a lot of boxes, Doogie, for this team. He can shoot threes at a 39% career clip. He can also, like, he scores, he's not like a 30 points per, you know, 36 minutes guy, but he can score efficiently at every level when asked to, which is a good, like, he can score at the rim, he can score mid-range. He doesn't turn the ball over. He has one of the lowest turnover rates and one of the best assist-to-turnover ratios in the entire league. He doesn't foul uh, he's a distributor and an organizer. So if you're getting the fully healthy version of him, and that's the big question because he missed most of the pretty much all but like six or seven games with a pretty bad quad strain, and he's not been 100% in the games he's come back here. But if you're getting a fully healthy version, he's a great ad on paper here, I think. It's a great ad if you are getting that version of a couple years ago. I did go back and forth via text with a scout who saw Morris play last weekend, and not a surprise, but he said Monty Morris is not in shape. Now, he doesn't need to be in great shape right this second. We're talking more about April. So he has a handful of weeks to work himself back into shape, but he's only played, what, 68 minutes this year with the Pistons. So I understand it, that he's not in great shape right now. There is hope. The Wolves clearly believe, hey, let's give him a month to six weeks to even eight weeks. Let's see where he's at. April 1st, April 10th, as we build up for the first round of the playoffs, that there is hope he'll work himself back into shape. But that absolutely is a concern. But everything you laid out, Phil, yes, spot on. I went back and forth with an executive who has been with Monty at some point along the way. Denver, Washington, Detroit, we laid that out. Here is what this executive said. This is not Tim Connolly, by the way. And, hey, I should have just said, hey, can I use this on the record? I didn't ask. He was busy. We were texting. So, I will not say his name, even though it's all positive. So this is on background from an executive who has worked with Monty Morris. Great cat. Connector. Will blend well. Won't overstep his role. Big stones in tight games. Big heart. So it's everything you laid out, but it's also him accepting his role. Being a good guy in the locker room. So I like it. Yeah. Big stones is awesome, by the way. Just to text big stones. So... (laughs) Stones. Let's go. So, dude, this <laughs> sounds like from what what you're t- talking about with uh, the timetable to get in shape, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that this is more of probably like a playoff move 
Like you're, you're trying yeah. to, to gear, gear him up for springtime. That's is, it. Is that an a- accurate assessment? That is accurate. Yeah. I okay. mean, you know, I mean, we'll see him get some sense. minutes at some point on this road trip. Once the trade officially goes through right. again, he is not playing tonight in Milwaukee, I'm told. But figure at some point here before the All-Star break as the Wolves finish up this stretch before the break, you know, late next week, what, games in Portland, Los Angeles against the Clippers as well, that at some point he'll get in, he'll get some minutes. But, yes, this is more about springtime, not right now. But the idea is he'll fill the role that we thought Shake Milton would. And, hey, we talked a couple months ago, right? It got aggregated all over the place that, you know, if I had to bet on one guy moving, it was going to be Shake Milton. It just it didn't work out. But I'll be fascinated to see where Shake ends up. I think actually Detroit, when thinking about them needing to get down below the 17 guys they have, you know, once these moves go through to get to 15, like I think they buy out Shake Milton. So where does Shake end up? Could it be New York? Could it be with his guy Doc in Milwaukee? I still think there's something there with Shake for whatever reason, multiple reasons. It just didn't work out here. I wouldn't necessarily give up on Shake. I'll be curious to see who he helps the rest of the season. Also worth noting here, I saw Dane float this, Dane Moore, on Twitter yesterday, that the Timberwolves do retain the bird rights yes, for Monte Morris. Yes, the idea is to have Monte here beyond this year, yes. How do they make that? And I don't have, I think right now, without counting Mike Conley, who's a free agent, Kyle Anderson's a free agent, and without counting Monte Morris, who is a free agent, there are like six, five or $6 million under the second apron line. How do they, I mean, do they... Do they go into the second apron, or or, or is there a way to make it work where you could bring back Monte Morris and Mike Conley? I don't know how that would even work mathematically to get those guys both back in the house. Now, there's a couple guys you could probably move off of that would clear some money. Like Wendell Moore is like two and a half million. You could you could probably just move on from him. But what do you think their plan is? Yeah, I mean it's a slippery slope. I mean I think it's a better question once we see how the year finishes. Like Phil, if they end up losing in the first round. Like, I watched a good chunk of New Orleans Clippers last night. I'll tell you what, New Orleans is really good when they are fully healthy. Like, if it's New Orleans as the six seed, the Wolves as the three seed, are we sure the Wolves are winning a playoff series? Now, I would wager on the Wolves winning at least one playoff series because I do think they play much better, like a lot of teams, at home, at home court advantage, playing at target center would be a difference maker. But like, are we sure the Wolves are winning that series? Or if it ends up Wolves 4, Phoenix 5, are we sure in a 4-5 matchup the Wolves are winning a series against the Phoenix Suns? Now we need to wait and see if Phoenix is fully healthy come late April. But like, I think if that happens, Phil, if they don't win, then we can start having that conversation about, okay, you end up trading Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, yeah, you could view Monty as some sort of Mike Conley Jr. insurance that it may not be both guys here next year. Now, I said, was it Tuesday or last week that the Wolves have actually kick-started? I mean, barely, but talks have gotten off the ground. Extension talks with Mike Conley Jr.'s camp that he is one of these guys that is extension eligible here in season. Now, again, nothing is on the cusp of happening, but the idea is the Wolves have expressed interest in having him beyond this year. But I also was told late last night that the idea is, hey, they'd like to have Monty Morris here beyond this year as well.
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, Dukes, do, do you think that that the, the talk about trading Cat is, is at least partially predicated on how, how far this team gets? Like, if they go out, like I don't know the, how it wouldn't first be first round. Like, I'm not reporting that yet. That's me more yeah. opining, right? If you want to it's call it reckless speculation, speculation. Thursday, yeah. dude. Hey, safe space. Safe you know, space. Aggregators, you do what you want to do. Cause we'll, we're we're here to defend them. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jeff. <laughs> you just you do whatever you want. I appreciate the love. Well, I won't crash your Super Bowl party now, so you can watch in peace. You don't, don't need to be distracted on Sunday. I won't be coming over to that St. Louis you know Park Chris Palace of yours. Exactly right. There'll be I know. No Super Bowl party. Yeah. Stay, I mean, stay away from my it's house. me opining, right? Like if they lose in the first yeah. round of the playoffs for a third consecutive year, like how would you roll this core back? Especially with everything Phil laid out about second apron being way over the luxury tax, all that. We're not even sure. Now, hey. Mark Laurie, Alex Arrigas are bringing in a number of partners, right? I still think it gets across the finish line, right? But we still don't know if they have the appetite to be a second apron team. That's a lot. Like, it doesn't even make logical sense to be a second apron team or close to the second apron, above the first apron, if you lose again in the first round of the playoffs. So that's why I'm saying, and you're not trading Ant. I mean, I guess if you want to have the conversation about trading Gobert, Right and keeping Cat, but I think Cat would be the guy. Like if they do do something, losing the first round, like we don't see the progress, you know, come this spring. Yes, I think we start having those conversations. That's why I've said going back to heck July, August, September, October, that I didn't think it would be a fascinating in season, you know, trade deadline. That it would be fascinating to you know follow what takes place here this summer, just because I don't know what the end game is, but. I still think, like I said it on Tuesday, I still think even coming off that debacle on Tuesday night in Chicago, that this team is capable. It's so matchup dependent. Like, who do they open up the playoffs against? How do they match up against that specific team? What does the rest of the bracket look like? You know, whether this team can make a run. But I still think there is an opportunity there for this team to play deep into May. I really do believe that. Let's go a little further down this path here. This is a safe space, okay? Safe space. So Doogie is 100% right that right now the Carl Anthony Towns thing is working gloriously for this team. They are they've been atop the Western Conference. He's having an incredible season. He's an all star. Um, I think he has reduced those sort of like the bad cat moments that we see. You know, he still has a little bit of, you know, some of the offensive fouls and barreling into defenders. But like we've seen a really honed version of Carl Anthony Towns. If they get bounced in the first round of the playoffs and things look quirky in a playoff series and maybe he doesn't show up in a couple games, which has happened before, this conversation could change very quickly, especially with all of the salary cap luxury tax ramifications, right? And here's another wild card for you. Nasid is having the best season of his career by a lot of different measurements. Win shares. He's lights as a shooter this year. He's shooting 41% from three, which is about 6.6 percentage points better than his career average coming in. He's become one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. 
He's playing only 22 minutes a night, which is like four more minutes that they, they found him more money and more minutes. But it's still only 22 minutes a night. Uh, if, you, if you take his numbers, Nas Reed, and extrapolate over 36 minutes, it would be 20 points a game, seven and a half rebounds, a couple assists, super efficient offense. And here's the final really interesting piece to this puzzle, boys. Last year, Nas Reed and Rudy Gobert on the court together were a train wreck. Like, n- negative net rating all over the place. It was really hard to put those guys on the court together. This year, Nas Reed's best two-man pairing of all the other players on the roster is Rudy Gobert. Nas Reed and Rudy Gobert are a plus 15 points per 100 possessions. The second best two-man pairing for Nas Reed is Anthony Edwards. He plays the best when he's with Rudy Gobert and Anthony Edwards. Just something to monitor here over the coming months. Like if there's a way, it'd be nice in a perfect world to get Nas Reed more than 22 minutes a night. And right now it's not really possible. Well, and also so think about, keep an eye on. so he signed a three-year deal, but year three is a player option. So essentially next year is the final year of his contract. And so if you're thinking about a core over the next handful of years of Nas Reed, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, okay, then it would make sense, right? You make a move on Cat, you free up more playing time for Nas Reed with the idea that he's going to be here beyond this three-year extension with that third year being a player option. He'll be here beyond this contract. Yeah. We're just, you know, just a little reckless. Speculation. Oh, reckless Just speculation. among friends. Among friends. Dude, how about this? When those, three, when those three guys are on the court together at the same time, which has been almost 300 total minutes this year. So when Nas, Gobert, and Anthony Edwards are on the court together, it's a plus 25 point net rating over 100 possessions. Like blowing teams off the floor when those three guys are on the court together. Now, when Cat, Gobert, and Ant are on the court together, it's also very good. So I'm Most not trying convinced to... himself. You can tell I'm he's saying, going down the path already. I'm just, saying, I'm just he's going. Know. He's going down the path. Hey, if they go to the Western Conference Finals, okay, just keep the band together and keep, keep absolutely. Doing this you thing. run this thing back, you find a way, right? Yep. I mean, you can but have it, up to it gets 25 round, limited partners. I mean, you know, if you need to bring in an extra one or two or three, <laughs> I'm involved. If you're Mark I and Alex, find Go a way. I don't want to talk about this. A GoFundMe, yeah. <laughs> but I'm but I'm buying a small part. Stella also in. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah, Phil, if you are in the Western Conference Finals, you're not trading Cat. You can't trade Cat. You'd no. run this thing back. No. You'd right. absolutely yep. run this thing back. Right, but we're saying, but but you you broached the topic, and you're exactly right. If they get a seed that's not as good and play the Pelicans, and assuming Zion plays. Oh, yeah. Which is an assumption. Well, I know. say Phoenix, right? You know, are right. we sure Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal will be healthy in right. late April? Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Zion Williamson, will he be healthy in late April? I don't trust him. Those are at big, all. big questions. Undoubtedly, yeah. those are those are huge questions. I'm telling you, I still think the Wolves with home court advantage. Absolutely. Like if they're the three seed or the four seed, games one, two, five, and seven at Target Center, I feel good. Regardless of the matchup. I just think those are tricky matchups. You look at the landscape of the Western Conference right now, it's entirely possible with, what, 30 games to go. It's entirely possible. New Orleans, Phoenix, some combination. Those are the five and the six seeds. And it's entirely possible OKC, Clippers, Denver, some combination, finish above the Wolves. If the Wolves finish top four, which was the stated goal preseason, let's finish top four in the conference, have home court advantage minimum 
in the first round of the playoffs. I'm just saying, like, it could happen that way. Now, hey, it's also possible the Wolves finish first or second, that Golden State somehow makes a run, that the Wolves open up the playoffs against the Warriors. Hey, I'm sure Curry could will them to one win. But, like, to me, the Wolves beat the Warriors in a best of seven. It's either a sweep or it's five games, right? Maybe Curry wills them to one win, so maybe it's a five-game series. Right, so let's see what that first round matchup potentially is. Or it doesn't look like Utah. Like Utah has a top ten protected draft pick. So Utah making some of these moves. Olnick, Obaji, uh, off today to Toronto. So, you know, does Utah do something else? They traded one of their guys to Detroit the other day. So maybe Detroit is saying, you know what? Uh, or Utah, like, hey, we won our top ten draft pick in June. Like, hey, what's the point in playing for the play in? But I'm just saying, like, if the Wolves opened up against Utah, right, you'd feel good about them winning that series in five games max. Right? So, hey, I just, before, I, to me, it comes down to who, who do they open up the playoffs against? Yep. And that'll, hey, before, you know, that'll help, you know, figure out the pathway as we head into the summer. Let's get to some Viking stuff here after we shout out the Minnesota Golf Show, which starts tomorrow, by the way, February 9th through the 11th, all weekend long at the Minneapolis Convention Center. And maybe even most importantly, you can come hang out with us. We're going to do a live podcast, Mackie and Judd show, kind of a purple daily hybrid at two o'clock on Saturday from the Minnesota golf show, the Josh Arnold investment stage. So come on in uh, ticket information. Very reasonable, by the way, tickets uh, at mngolfshow.com, mngolfshow.com and uh, come hang out with us Saturday at two o'clock. Get your golf fix here during the winter. Also, if you haven't had your house cleaned in a while, and let's be honest, when's the last time you, I'm not talking about vacuuming, okay? Like vacuuming's great. A deep clean of your carpets, a deep clean of your air ducts. That's where Zero Res comes in with their 4.9 out of five-star rating on Google with 17,000 reviews. They're offering the Score North special, which is three rooms, Zero Resified, starting at just $119 and a free hallway. And this month takes $75 off when you get your air ducts Zero Res clean. Again, ask for the Score North special, 9520-RES or 0RESMinnesota.com. Spell it forward or backwards. It spells the same. Zero Res. Reckless. All right, how about this move that just came in? Daniel Gafford, Washington to the Dallas Mavericks. So that could be another potential first-round playoff matchup. Wolves against Mavericks. Well, Dallas on. adds a capable big. I still think because you can put Jaden McDaniels on, well, probably Kyrie. Then you put Ant on Luka. That, hey, Bring don't on. get me wrong. Like That's probably a six or seven game series, but I think the Wolves could beat the Mavericks mm-hmm. in a playoff series. But hey, Fun. Dallas just adds a capable big. So, you know, some yeah. teams in the Western Conference are certainly getting better today. Yeah. But I'm telling you, the Wolves uh, Justin, got better last night. I do. Justin I Jefferson that. told this to Sirius XM Radio, boys. He said, I want to break the bank and I want to be part of an organization that wants me and to really give me what I deserve. I feel like eventually the Vikings will do what they need to do to have me in the building, but I don't really know at this very moment. Only time will tell. What do you make of that? Did, did you guys see, too, uh, so he, he did, did the car wash at uh, the me- media center mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. Did you guys see Zach Gelb of CBS Sports pushed him really hard? He said, I feel like it's a breakup with Kirk. I feel like Kirk's gone. And Jefferson sort of was uncomfortable, and he laughed. And then he's like, I, and and he mentioned Russell Wilson as the bridge QB. But what was interesting Uncle that Mercy. I saw, yeah, I know, and I I think the same thing. And Je- and Jefferson's face showed the same thing. But here's what I find to be in- intriguing about this whole thing with Justin. 
I got the idea because everyone's asked about Kirk. Everyone. And I get the idea he really doesn't know, which I think is fair. Mm -hmm. But the second thing is, to go back to the quote that Phil just read, Dukes, I also get the feeling, and Justin's right, that he's going to break the bank. And for all of those who are like, well, if Kirk doesn't come back, Justin's not going to. I'm going to tell you right now. If Justin breaks the bank, which I think he's going to here, like it or not, I think Kirk coming back would be about the fifth thing on this guy's list. Because I think one through four is, I want what's mine. And by the way, he deserves it. So just to be clear, I'm not criticizing him, but this whole notion of, well, Justin Jefferson might ask, you know, he's not going to stick around. You're also not sticking in with Nick Mullins for five years. Yeah. Like, that's the, that's the thing. You got what you wanted. You know, yep. Well, no, like, you wouldn't be replacing Kirk Cousins with Jaron Hall for, you know, yeah. 18 weeks. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they I think these two in... things, yeah, you're right. I mean, you're not sticking him with a rookie fifth-round pick for, yeah, 17 games, Phil. You're absolutely right. I mean, I think these two things can be true. That does Justin want Kirk back? Yes. But, yeah, is it number five or number six on his list of what he's hoping to accomplish, you know, with, with these contract talks? Yeah. Like, it's such a finite amount of time. Like, it's possible that Justin will sign yet another contract in four or five years, but this truly is the time to break the bank, the life-changing money, yeah. right? And yeah. so, like, he's not going to put pen to paper because of some uncertainty regarding Kirk Cousins. The mistake the Vikings have made, this isn't breaking news, but the mistake the Vikings made was not getting a deal done on September 9th, that day before the Tampa Bay Buccaneers opener. Like, they thought it was done. Like, you talk to some Vikings people on background, they really thought at one moment on that Saturday afternoon, the deal was done. But it didn't get done. The price just keeps going up. Do we know know at the end of the day now, and to Jefferson's credit, he he was a good sport. He played, he got hurt, uh, but, I mean, he didn't didn't dog training camp at Mm -hmm. all. I mean, the fact he came back after, you know, what took place in Vegas, I mean, yeah. Give him credit. Exactly right. If I was his representation, I would have told him to shut things down. Do we know, though, what what exactly, like, were were we talking about money? Were we talking about guarantees? Yeah, I don't know for sure. What shut that down? Yeah. That's my question. I mean, I think probably a combination, right? I mean, I think it's safe to say some sort of combination. That the guarantees are certainly a part of this conversation, right? Like, are the Vikings willing to guarantee much beyond that first year? And, I mean, to me, Judd, you have to bend on this on this face of the franchise, right? Best receiver in the game. That's the way they view him, right? That's subjective. I understand that. But they view him as the best receiver in the game, doing stuff that other receivers haven't done in their yeah. first few years, right? Like, you need to guarantee much beyond that first year. But he still wants to be the highest paid non-quarterback. So look at the money Nick Bosa got. Back in September, right? To me, you need to go higher than that. I don't know if you need to go significantly higher, but you need to go higher than that. Yeah. Percent chance they trade him. Cowherd threw out that Patriots trade idea. That's a horrible idea. I think he was just spitballing, but like you'd need a little more than that. I I don't think you're giving up Jefferson and a future first. 3%, I mean, I'm not going to tell you it's zero, but like I just, I don't see it. I don't. But yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, you haven't signed him to this extension. Is this leading up to, hey, this is our chance to move up in the draft to get our quarterback? 
to finally hit the reset button that, hey, we can't come to some sort of happy medium. We tried to pay him a lot of money in September. He wouldn't agree to that. His representation wouldn't agree to that. Yeah. Like, let's strike. We'll find another receiver. You know, we've hit on some receivers before. We'll hit on another one. Right? Like, I understand if you're thinking that. Like, at this point, they haven't signed him. So, yeah, this is inevitably going to get to the point of of him being traded. But I'm just telling you, me personally, I'm not even close to there. Well, and I am I agree completely. And I think the entire panel on the show would say, given our druthers, keep him, right? But teams say, you know, once the season starts, it starts, right? Let's put that in the past. He didn't sign. That's fine. He's going to, to play. My response to that is, okay, that's awesome. But now the season's done. So let's talk about it. Like, I don't think, I think that we can say we wouldn't trade him. But I think, you know, Phil's point, my point, your point is valid, which is at some point in time, it didn't get done. And if they're going to continue to balk at, oh, man, that's a lot. And they and they would be well within their means to say that. That's a lot to pay a position that's not a quarterback. Um, and, and I know that this drives Vikings fans nuts, but the reality is we at least have to talk about it. Dude, they people act too like it's all you. There's no way. There's no way. Dude, this franchise, it would be more likely that they trade a wide receiver at this point, franchise history wise. They've literally traded every single time we get here with a receiver, right? Except for Adam Thielen, maybe. Diggs got traded. Percy Harvin got traded. Randy Moss got traded. All of them were in the middle of their prime when they got traded. So, like, and I know that it's different ownership groups at times and it's different front offices and different situations. But, yeah, I mean, the longer you go and there's no deal done, why isn't there a deal done? Correct. Why I is mean, there such Devontae a, why is there such a gap that trades saying that? All the time. Tyree Kill got traded. Right, then instantly Receivers got paid in Miami. Receivers get traded. Heck, put it this way. Like, we're well within, you know, our right, and it's fair to talk about it because you mean to tell me not one team is going to at least inquire? It doesn't mean right. the Vikings need to listen intently, but, like, teams are going to ask about his availability, right? I mean, all these teams were together down in Mobile last week. They'll be together here in a couple weeks in Indianapolis for the Combine. Like, this stuff ends up happening. Conversations start. So if yeah. conversations are going to take place or have already taken place, of course we can at least throw it out. I'm just telling you, I'm just not even close to there that the Vikings are going to actually do it. Uh, rapid fire. Give us 60 seconds here, Dukes, of whatever is left in your scoop bag. Well, yeah, speaking of the Vikings, Kevin O'Connell trying to assemble here, you know, put the finishing touches on his 2024 staff. So we wonder about Mike Smith. The outside linebackers coach. Heck, I would have told you, you know, last August, last July, that if Brian Flores, after the year, got a head coaching job, that Mike Smith would have been in the mix to be the next Vikings defensive coordinator. That they had this healthy opinion of him. But then personal leave, right? Not our business, but ends up missing. Judd, was it the entire season or was he there for that first week, that Tampa week? I feel no, like it happened in August, so entire season. He disappeared in training camp, and the team said, don't worry, he should be back soon. He's still not back. Correct. And there was also an assistant, another position coach on defense left as well. Yeah, went to Clemson, season. yeah. Yep. But so. anyway, so on that outside linebacker's position, the Vikings were trying to hire this guy, Ryan Crow, who was on Mike Vrabel's staff in Tennessee, but he ended up going to Miami. So I'm just saying, if we want to read the tea leaves, the Vikings have been looking at some people to fill that outside linebacker's role, which seems to point to the idea that Mike Smith won't be back, right? 
Now, hey, I'll continue to follow it. I'm not saying it's 100%, but the fact that the Vikings were interested in this in this coach that ended up ultimately picking Miami just makes me right. wonder. How about that? Wonder okay. if this is the end for Mike Smith. A couple other okay. notes. It looks like Benilde St. Margaret's is hiring Brad Anderson as its next football coach. So Brad won multiple state championships at Wyzetta, one of the great coaches of the last, you know, I don't know how far you want to go back, three, four decades. He was most recently at Orono. You think about some of the NFL players that Brad coached at Wyzetta High School, James Laranitis, Marion Barber III. So he's one of those names. That's why I mentioned that. Gophers Volleyball heading out on a foreign trip, Italy, some other countries in Europe in May. It'll be interesting because the head coach, Keegan Cook, in his second year came from Washington. You know, the Gophers, they've set the bar high, but they didn't hit it. They lost in the round of 32, you know, back in, what, late November, early December, whenever that was, end of the season. So anyway, Keegan's wife is pregnant. So she's due like a week or two before they leave. So it could be kind of an interesting time. There is a plan if she hasn't delivered and, you know, he needs to head over to Italy and what have you for him to get back. But anyway, I don't think that's out there that the Gopher volleyball team is heading out on a foreign trip in May. Trying to think if I wrote down anything else. You know what? I did write down one other tiny note. I continue to keep an eye on the Falvey-Levine situation. I was actually on a Zoom with Falvey yesterday. They introduced Carlos Santana. But anyway, Falvey Levine entering the final year of their contracts. And so Dave St. Peter, the Polad family, they think very highly of Falvey and Levine. So I think at some point those two get contract extensions. Okay. Darren Doogie Wolfson on this Reckless Speculation Thursday. And just to reiterate what I said on Tuesday, still some conversation on the Michael A. Taylor front. I still don't know how they get to the money that he wants, you know, when Bader made you know, ten and a half million. Kiermaier made ten and a half million. You know, Taylor, I'm sure, wants at least somewhere in that ballpark. I don't know how the twins get quite to that number, but anyway, there's still yet. some interest. I know. That's the thing. Doesn't have a job. There's still I'm some poor. interest. I checked again on Adam Duvall yesterday, crickets, not to say that maybe those talks couldn't kickstart again, but just nothing in the last twenty four hours on Adam Duvall. But it does sound like there's been at least a little bit of recent dialogue on the Michael A. Taylor front. All right. Go Twins. Scoring our twin show coming out today, too. See you, Doogie. All right, boys. Take it easy. See ya. Great stuff. Uh, And then uh, Flagrant Howells, Jim Peterson, and I will have a trade deadline recap episode on this Thursday. So busy day here in Score Northland.